As everyone's favorite artist once said, it's five o'clock somewhere, and we are going to figure out just what to drink. You are listening to the What to Drink podcast with your host, Connor Taylor, and producer, Bobby Deason. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the What to Drink podcast. I'm your host, Connor Taylor, United's face for podcasting, unfortunately. Here and with us today is... Uh, producer Bobby Deason, how you feeling, Bobby? I'm feeling good, but is that uh, unfortunate because I'm here? Or? Yes, unfortunately. <laughs> sorry, stop. Unfortunately, Bobby Deason <laughs> is here as well, our producer. <laughs> We've also got uh, Jasmine from Brown Foreman here with us. Would you like to say hello, Jasmine? Hello, everybody. So excited to be here. Yes. And our uh, guest of the day, du jour. Uh, we are so honored to have Stuart Buchanan here, who is the global ambassador, brand ambassador for Brown Foreman Single Malts. Stuart, how are you feeling today? Just great to get back out on the road and get the, our beautiful single malts on people's lips again. So that's, yeah. uh, it's been amazing so far, the reception we've had. So I think everybody's looked keen to get back out and start enjoying people's company again. So yeah, I and love good it. whiskey. We, we turned up the heat for your visit. It was, what, 100 yesterday? <laughs> uh, pretty hot today. You were just in Miami. Yep. And yep. and you've got uh, then you're going to Vegas. So this is the this is hot girl summer for yeah. us. It's a bit of a diagonal tour. So Miami to Atlanta to Vegas to Seattle. So to Seattle, okay, cross country. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, we're so glad you're here with us today. We're tasting Benriach. Did I do it right? I've been practicing my. Yep, that's a good Scottish accent you've got there. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> he's you can't see, but he's doing the thumbs down as he said that. <laughs> no, I've been practicing all morning. We're tasting Benriach, the smoky tin. Versus the original 10 years today. We're going to kind of go through these and talk about the differences. I've got some questions for you. Uh, so a little bit about you, though. You've been in the business for 25 years, right? Yep. Uh, just over that, I think. It's, it was nine, late 93 I started, actually, in my hometown distillery as a stillman. And what uh, what distillery was that? That was Tobermory, very small Tobermory. West Coast. Tobermory. Yeah. Tobermory. And not only was I a stillman, but I was... Uh, I just loved the engineering of whiskey, so it wasn't actually the... It was a distillation, but maybe not even the final bottle. It was the machinery. It was maintaining the stills, the pumps, the valves, the boilers, getting my hands dirty. That yeah. was that was my love of, uh, I suppose, my introduction to whiskey, making it in every aspect. And then I don't know how I ended up here. <laughs> 25, 30 years later. Lucky man. <laughs> no, so that was your aha moment, though, was just the the machinery of it, the, the machinations? It was a bit. Um, because... I was talking about this yesterday. So if you're if you're working through the week and you've got a pump that fails, it's almost you have to be in a Formula One pit stop. It's like, how can I fast you can rip that pump out and get it back working again? Right. It's like, right, da, 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 get into it. And that was level. That was great. It really was. But there are, there's some kind of almost kind of hypnotizing times of, of the industry as well. Um, I remember the first time I was in the still house, you know, boiling up the stills. And the stills actually have some lovely big kind of oval windows in them. And I remember the first time watching watching all these bubbles coming up and they started kind of refracting colours. It was obviously rainbows going through it. And I was just mesmerised by even just looking in this window, seeing the stills boil up. And I can still remember that moment. And that's that first kind of really weak kind of magical moment. I, thought, I like this. That, um, I think I'll do this. That was your aha moment. I love it. <laughs> I'm getting a little verklempt over here. That, that was a, uh, I love it. I, uh, that's great. That's incredible. Uh, so, a couple other questions for you before we start tasting. I'm very excited to taste it. What time is it? 10.05? It's a little crazy. 10.05 in the morning. We haven't had any scotch yet today. So, you're on a deserted island, right? And you can only have one whiskey 
or one cocktail from that whiskey, what are you drinking? That is probably the easiest question ever. It is the second whiskey we're going to try today, which is the smoky. Honestly, even when I I was never a smoky whiskey drinker when, in my you know growing up, and it wasn't until I moved to Benria and we started getting into our warehouses where we found. Well, we didn't even know how much smoky whiskey we had. Actually, it was phenomenal to find the, the length and depth of ages and castells we had. But then it just clicked with me. It was the sweet wood smoke that I thought, yeah, I like this. Because it's almost like campfire smoke. And I, I was out camping as a kid a lot, even just we'd campfires on the, on the beaches, in the garden, my fire pit. And that's what that reminds me of. It's, it's the wood smoke on your campfire in your clothes. That was that wee yeah. memory trigger taking me back to a kid which then just suited me perfectly. And as far as cocktails, it makes a perfect penicillin. Ooh, yeah. Or, or, as we'll taste later, already in there you've got ginger, root ginger heat. You've got that honey sweetness, which is basically the contribution to a, <laughs> a penicillin cocktail. Yeah. So it just works so well together. Then you layer that, that smoke through it, a bit of lemon, shake it up, you're done. So that's, that's it. That's, I that love makes it. my life easy. I'm going to make some penicillins tonight. You said something earlier this morning I thought was incredible. We were talking about your recycling bin. You said what uh, the smoky tin is in is the number one thing in your recycling bin. I'm stealing that question, but that's going to be a question in future puck. What's in your recycling bin right now? I think it's the best way to discover what you've been drinking through the week. It's like, you know, you're not quite sure which of what you've opened more yeah. through the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. But come Friday when the recycling goes out. Mm, yeah, smoky tens. Yeah. The, the, the weight. <laughs> do, you, do you ever have this moment? So recycling day is Thursday. To, uh, that was yesterday. Today's Friday, right? So yesterday I take our recycling down for my wife and I, and the whole neighborhood hears this clank, clank, bottle, bottle, clank, 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 clank. Someone's having a good time. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Everyone else has a couple cans or whatever. We've just got bottles on bottles. Well, I've actually had to disperse mine between my five neighbors because it's a bit embarrassing sometimes. So, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the struggle is real. You know, our, you know the pain. All right. So I want to start tasting because I'm thirsty. Um, I'm just going to briefly just have a, a smell of both. And um, while I ask you, I'm going to be sniffing. Bobby's going to be sniffing. If I were in a crowded bar, though, and you saw that they carried both of these, I saw that they carried both of these. I'm, luckily, I'm with you. You're my tour guide. What would you tell me the difference are, differences are between these two whiskeys, you know, in a few words, if you had to? And we'll talk a little more in depth. And is it very evident when we taste them? I and mean, I think that's a luxury that we have that no other Speyside distillery has, or even Scottish distillery has, to deliver even two tens, which are, are so different, but actually so similar in their DNA, let's say. So, for example, it depends what bar. If it was a nice summer patio, or, or let me put it this way, yeah. if it was in a summer patio, I'd be opening the bin rear ten. Because outside, warm weather, take right. it on ice, take it straight, take it in a highball, that is where I want to drink Ben Rear 10 with friends. Nice environment. It's playful, it's bright, it's crisp, it's sharp. It fits a perfect warm day in the patio. really does. But maybe if that bar was a little bit more jazzy bar, a bit more music on the back, oh, yeah. uh, I'd get a bit of the smoky 10 in there. And Honestly, the, the sweetness is still there. It's still a whiskey you can taste in a, a busy environment. You don't have to go and sit in a corner and debate the meaning of life on it. You know, right. It's about being in company. And, but again, that lovely smoke that runs through it, yeah, give me a nice little darker jazz bar there with some nice music Ooh. in the background. And I would nice. want you DJing at that bar. I just like the smoothness. I mean, it, it just, yeah, I'm, I think that fits with the smooth jazz. We might have to add a little smooth jazz. I was to the thinking segment. that too. Yeah, yeah, just as a background. Mm-hmm. 
Now, just comparing these on the nose, Bobby, have you taken a little sniff or two yet? Yeah, and I think your description of the campground is just really on point yeah. because I, I just happened to go camping last weekend, and this is very reminiscent of that, yeah. that fire, smoky. Isn't it? Yeah. Very different. Uh, the, the original tin is pretty fruit forward, I feel like. Uh, a lot of really nice. And I can't stop talking like you know. I'm sorry. I just, I'm, trying, I'm like trying to put a smooth filter on my, <laughs> my voice. I can't. I got to snap out of it. Let's get back to normal. But I really, I really like the, uh, the fruitiness of the original. Honest to goodness. Um, now, there's 55 well, plus and growing number of distilleries in Speyside. And Speyside is regarded as the, the more fruit forward of the regions, right. the, maybe the smoother of the regions, the easier drinking nature of the regions. But Berea, out of these other 55, six, 55, 60 distilleries, I believe is the most fruit forward and the smoothest and the sweetest. And that's due to just the production. Every part of production, we drive for this beautiful orchard fruit. That is the main character, the DNA of our distillery. Off of the stills is orchard fruits, apples, pears, apricots. And then when we put that to cast, that's when the magic happens with the barrels. We can then start layering more and more flavours on top of that. So we're just so lucky that what we have in our DNA is is yeah, so easy to drink. I don't know if you want to try this, actually. It's maybe not good for the, the viewers, but this is the new. I've got some new make spirit here directly from the still. Now it's white. So it, it looks like a um, hand sanitizer it bottle. Does. It's got a little spray bottle. <laughs> it's uh, 68 ABV, so what's that in American money? Um, oh, I don't know. Yeah. What, double that for proof, you mean? Yeah, yeah. So hundred. We just stick to ABV. Can anyone? Yeah. <laughs> There's zero math wizards around. It's 136. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is straight from the still. There's no colour in it. It's clear. It's like water. Okay. But when you put it in your hands, you smell that alcohol straight away, and you'll get all these beautiful fruit esters, mm, apples, yeah. pears, apricots. It's obvious. It's obvious what that drive in our production yeah. is. But also, when that alcohol dissipates a little bit, you go back and smell your hands again. It's almost going right back to the only ingredient outside of water, which is barley. So you've got that cereal, uh, yeah. breakfast cereal, oh, wow. some That's people really describe cool. it, like a bready, a baking bread kind of note there. Yeah. So that shows you the DNA from the stills, which then when we introduce that to cask, we can continue to drive these flavours. But that's the magic in there. That is yeah. the, the magic which then gives you the, the capacity to build and build and build more flavour. I love what we're doing here because you can see the, like you said, the DNA in the, in the spray bottle. And then we can see the, the, what we can do with oak, with the original tin and cask, right? And then we can see what we can do with peat, right? Yep. With the smoky. This is a cool experiment. Um, and which leads me to my next question. Do we, I, we're not peating a lot in Speyside, right? Is that? Yep. Um, most peat, actually most distilleries, if you go back to the 1800s, 1700s, every distillery would have been peated because that would have been the local fuel source that they've dug from the ground, dried and burned for the fuel right. in the drying process of the barley. Uh, that was mostly taken away from Speyside when the introduction of the railroads came in around about 1850, 1860, bringing coal and other fuel sources from the central belt of Glasgow, Edinburgh. So the fuel, the peat as a fuel was, was maybe then disregarded and uh, the, the other fuels took over. But Benriach, I, I don't even know why the decision was made, Back in as early as 1972, I believe it was, they went back to making a small quantity each year of that highly peated malt again. So we were the first to reintroduce that highly peated uh, malt style back into Speyside. There are many more doing it now, maybe the last 10 or 15 years, but the, the heritage and history we have of the, the peating style in our warehouses goes back, yeah, 50 years. Wow. So it's great to, what Rachel can do, our master blender, she can weave that smoke through. 
Yeah. Um, she can play with that smoke, dictate exactly how it comes in, when it comes in, how long it lingers. That's the magic of what we can do, again, that, that no others can. So um, so how is that, how is the, I guess, Highland Pete, you would call it, or Speyside Pete, how does it, Speyside Pete sounds like a character in some sort of... <laughs> Saved by the bell. Yeah, watch out, it's Speyside yeah. Pete trying to steal Kelly from Zach. Uh, no. <laughs> but how is Speyside Pete different uh, from, you know, your traditional Isla Pete? Cool. Well, a quick Pete 101. Yes. So the peat is that decomposing vegetation, organic matter trapped in a carbon lock under our feet in certain parts of Scotland. Mm-hmm. You know, the right, you need the right water saturation, the right uh, acidity, the right vegetation matter, which locks it under our feet. Uh, so you would actually, normally, historically, you would actually take that out of the ground, you would cut it out of the ground um, in the spring, you would stack it so it's air-dried over the what summer, and that would be your fuel for the winter. You're ready to burn it in the winter. But it's organic matter, so it's vegetation. So that organic matter, what, what is what, whatever was growing on that landscape 3,000 years ago. Right. So if you go to Isla, for example, the West Coast, um, it's mostly mosses, mm-hmm. seaweed, and even low-lying shrubs. There's no trees in Isla. It's a windswept, barren West Coast island. And also there you've got that Atlantic sea spray right. on that landscape for thousands and thousands of years also. Um, so it's totally different vegetation matter and a totally different environment. If you go up to Orkney, for example, Highland Park, um, another great whiskey, they, their whiskey is, their, their peat is actually heather. So it's heather ah. plants that's there. And also there, a north coast island, again, salt saturation over the years. If you go to Speyside, the, the whole area where we sit used to be covered by what we call the Caledonian pine forests 3,000 years ago. So what's that vegetation matter under our feet? It's trees, it's falling down trees. Mm. It's organic matter of that tree fall. Um, so when we burn that smoke, and, and we're inland, we're not got the coastal influence. So when we burn our peat, we're burning 3,000-year-old trees, mm-hmm. hence the campfire. Yeah, yeah We're yeah. burning trees, it's burning wood, and that's that sweet wood smoke. If I was to give an example of something I found closest to burning the peat, it's like burning apple wood. You know, apple wood smoke's got that yeah. sweetness to it, and yeah, mm-hmm. very balanced. So that's a quick 101 peat, but hopefully that even shows... The terroir is a big influence in oh, yeah. you know the landscape that you sit uh, will dictate sometimes the flavors within. Yeah, and it's three thousand years old. You couldn't, you know, try to manipulate. There's no peat farmers creating new peat for <laughs> seven thousand generations later, right? <laughs> We're not that well, forward thinking yet. Good question, though. Good, good topic to touch on quickly. A lot of people are concerned with the sustainability of peat, you know, and environmental impact right. of that, okay. which is very top of mind these days. Uh, and as much as we do take peat from the ground, which is that carbon lock. Um, there's a great drive in Scotland to actually re-flood uh, mm-hmm. historical peat beds, actually creating more of these peat beds that were drained through the early 1800s for farming. So there's a big push to, to re-flood a lot of those to, to kind of, again, continue that. And I wonder how, what, what's the minimum amount of time that you, to then harvest the rewards of that, reap the rewards? And, well, basically what they're doing is actually resaturating the, the old vegetation anyway, so it's, it's already there, they're just going to resaturate oh, and stabilise okay. it. Uh-huh. So that, that's a nice kind of, uh, environmental touch. We are we are concerned about you know, doing that, but we, we do uh, probably put more peat into the uh, landscape now than we take out. So it's a oh, nice oh great. That's great. Yeah. Okay, so I'm, uh, I really want to taste these side by side. While we're doing that, could I ask you the emoji question? Mm-hmm. So I've already prepped you for this a little bit, but you're, uh, I'm texting with you. Stu, how's it going? It's Connor from Atlanta. Help me. Uh, tell me about 
the let's talk about the original ten, and then you realize your keypad's messed up, and you can only text an emoji. So you have to tell you have to describe this whiskey only using emojis. What would you? What would you text us? Well, I did love that question when I saw it because it's, even when I do a presentation when I'm talking, I do do exactly this. I'll have the bottle in my hand, I'll pop the cork, and if I had an emoji <laughs> facility in my eyes, there'll be apples and pears just jumping out of this oh, bottle. Oh, I love that. And it's actually quite evident because straight away, that's the, the apples and pears just leap from the glass, leap from the bottle, yeah. even when you open it. So I love doing that, pop the cork and just like, think of a mode, uh, apples and pears flooding out the top. <laughs> and of maybe the bottle. wow emoji, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's great. And then same question, but with the smoky. Oh, well, maybe, do you know what? Maybe that goes back to the coolness of this. It'd be just like a pair of sunglasses, you know, and, and maybe that, a wee smoky barbecue, a wee smoky rift and that. Yeah. Cool. You just... It's just cool to drink that. Maybe some uh, music notes for yeah, that jazz bad. that we're, we're going to add in and post, right, Bobby? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> this thought. is very smoky. It's very, but very smooth at the same time. Yeah. And it's got a sweetness I really like about it. Sweet. The honey runs through it all. Now, funny thing is, sometimes with peat, again, you look at other peats that maybe people are familiar with in the Isla, you know, the Isla distilleries, they are more medicinal, they are more have more salinity, more of that iodine. Our peat does have that honey running all the way through it. It's got this honeyed sweetness, which is a magical thing that nobody knows. I don't think how it appears, but it's just the peat as you introduce it actually will ele- elevate honey notes in the whiskey. So it's, you add one thing to get one thing, but you actually get another as well. Uh, and it's definitely that elevated honey that comes with putting this little trace of smoke through um, the expressions. The sweetness, as you say. But also there's a bit cast combinations. We said we, we built that DNA with the, the, the spirit we tried in our hands there. But then with casks, you can then start to build the layers. And what we do with um, both of these whiskies, we have three casks combining to complete the story, to complete the palette. If you do see this, it's a lovely gold colour, isn't it? Lovely bright yeah. gold. Mm-hmm. This is all natural from the cask. So even in our head, we'll be thinking of American oak because American oak is going to give us that brighter gold colour. But that's quite obvious in the nose as well because American oak, we're going to get the vanillins. So you put both of these to your nose, the vanillins as well as the fruit character of the style of spirit is definitely that foundation. Right. So the bourbon's the foundation. But then we can start layering other casks. We also use what's called the virgin oak casks, so new oak. They've never been filled with any other spirit before. We actually bespoke toast those to have the perfect preparation of that cask to almost almost caramelise these apples and pears, bring some toasted oak spice into the middle of the whiskey. So that's the... That's the kind of middle pitch. Every whiskey should do this. He's going using his hand and going up and down. So the beginning will be the sweetness, but you do want that contrast of pitch in the middle to give you that little contrast of spice against the sweet. And the virgin oak do that very well. And that's American oak, the virgin oak? Yes. Only from Brown Farmer Cooperage in Alabama and Louisville. And Rachel Barry did three different examples of the toasting and charring to get that right one. And it was a medium toast, medium char. She found was a perfect preparation to really give her the, that little caramelisation um, that she was looking for. And that's always going to be running through the tens as that little. <laughs> but we're not finished yet either, because what Rachel can do, she went to be hers again. And in the original ten we taste here, we are using sherry, and it's all it's all in the labels. You can read our labels, you'll see all the casks we use, as well as even a smoke indicator of how much smoke to expect. But the the third cask in the original ten, we are using sherry, 
and it's uh, some beautiful Oloroso shit. Oloroso, yeah. And Oloroso, unlike maybe Pedro Jimenez, which is more darker and chocolatey and orangey, the Pedro Jimenez tastes very bright and almost leathery, earthy. The Oloroso, so, you mean? Yeah, tastes bright. Yeah. yeah, more citrusy kick in there. It does protect the barley as well at the back of the palate. So the, the Oloroso here is just to, again, lift lift that lovely brightness of the expression again. We don't want it to be down and overtaken by cask, which it could happen in Pedro Jimenez. So the Oloroso is perfect for that. That bright middle and the long, long finish. Oh, delicious. And also, I think there's something to be said for these labels on the bottle. Um, they're just very clean, and the fonts, mm-hmm. I mean, it's really, I, I keep gravitating towards them as, I, as they're sitting on this table. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And the great thing about this is that it was only through the lockdown period we actually relaunched this whole new range. And even to bring together the new uh, label Creative and Design, we actually look back to 1994 where Ben had first bottled a 10-year-old in the market. And we look back to that and it was a lovely duck egg blue, um, which is the same colour as the, the box of this original 10. Mm. Um, the red cues and highlights on it as well. And also going back to the the the, the stamp mark as well as that bold font so I loved how we we look back to that heritage and history to to bring that old label into the the modern shelf space so I've got a, a favor for you I'm gonna I'm gonna try to make an, a, a penicillin tonight do it what uh, how do I do it easy <laughs> help me <laughs> it is simple again it depends I I like them slightly in the sweeter side so you can get like uh, just a, a nice ginger syrup or you can, you can make, a dip, make it a bit, it's a bit difficult, but you can a nice ginger syrup, uh, honey, lemon, shake it up on ice. Simple. And a nice big glug Oof. of the smoky ten. Welcome uh, to my Friday. You just painted a picture. <laughs> a little smooth jazz playing in the background. Uh, I've got one more thing for you. I'm hoping that you'll, you might play along. It's called Dilingual. And... Uh, <laughs> it's a little way for us to promote this podcast... And let me know, and no worries, if you, because we can always cut this part out, if you, uh, if you don't want to do it. But what we normally will do, we'll roll dice, and there are languages. Read the languages, one through six there. We've got, what, French? Italian, French, German, Australian, Brooklyn, Boston, Cockney. And I kind of want you to do just an American <laughs> accent, uh, but do a promotion <laughs> for us based on what you roll. What do you think? Are you, are you in? Yeah, we, we can do that. <laughs> I like it. Hold on, where my dice go? <laughs> Jasmine, you're up next, by the yeah. way. You're, you'll... Just got southern for you. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Are you? Uh, are you let's, let's do it. Let's do it. So, so you're going to read the first one, and whatever you roll, and then I think the second one, maybe you could uh, read in a American accent. So, what's the blank say? What the oh, on? that's that's your name. I Sorry. That. I that. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, it's blank from blank. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. What we're going to get. It's the number three. three. Oh, it's German. Oh, German. No. I'm going to insult all my German friends. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. This is going to sound terrible. Oh. Oh, no, hold on. That's hard. Hello, it's Stuart from Benriach. Be sure to catch my interview and what to drink podcast. <laughs> well no, it's actually a bit Dutch as well maybe yeah know. with a touch of uh, Indian I feel like. <laughs> yeah, but I like it I like it I did want to be too insulting to the Germans so I did keep it back a little bit well you can ins- uh, insult Americans all day long we'll, yeah. we're here for it so do you want to give Let us an out. American out okay there? let's see where this goes hello it's Stuart Buchanan of Ben Riach Distillery 
Tune in to What to Drink, Wednesday night. You suggested Wednesday. <laughs> well done. That was good. That was, that was good. a good American yeah. accent. Just very. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you might do the cowboy route. You know, a lot of people are like, wow, howdy. <laughs> that was my mid-Atlantic radio voice. Right? Yeah, no, perfect. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, Bobby, you have any other questions? Uh, uh, no. Jasmine, are you in on this? Yeah, do you want to? Oh, yes. Would you do, uh, would you give us a role of bilingual? <laughs> Of course, you're going to ask me. I can't do anything, but... Get, uh, get close to that mic, too. <laughs> Give us the name. I'm looking for the cockney. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. But uh, get close Get close to there. We want to be able to hear you. I'm literally the worst at Australian accents. I have no idea. <laughs> How do they talk? you got to start with a Foster's. G'day. Yeah. All right, mate. <laughs> All right, mate. You sound like you're good at it. You have to guide me a little bit. So, hello, it's Jasmine. Jasmine. <laughs> Jasmine. Yeah, there it is. Of Brown Foreman. Brown Foreman. <laughs> uh, be, sh- be sure to yeah. catch yeah. my interview, interview. <laughs> <laughs> of What to Drink podcast. Yeah. That's all I got. We'll take that. We'll take that. <laughs> and just end it with a good day. <laughs> Good day, mate. Good day, mate. There we that are. Well done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bobby was very polite about that. Yeah, yeah. No, no, yeah. No, no, that was great. We'll have one of those, uh, yeah, uh, Australian, you know. Yeah. Oh, what was yeah. that instrument? Um, didgeridoo. Didgeridoo, yeah. yeah. I feel like you could do a good didgeridoo. I'm just back from Australia, actually. Oh. Um, but no, I'm not going to. I'm not, I wouldn't do a didgeridoo. <laughs> We've butchered it enough. Yeah. Stuart, uh, thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, you guys also stay tuned. We're going to have another one. Uh, we're going to talk about Glendronach here shortly. Uh, but thank you so much for joining us today, and we will see you soon. Thank Absolute you. pleasure. And, and these are fantastic, aren't they? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fact, well, we cheers. Day. Yeah. Cheers. All right, let's recap what we learned with the key three. Number one, they're both Speyside single malt scotches. That's 100% malted barley. Number two, beautiful orchard fruits from the stills, right? Apples, pears. Oh, so good. Number three, the casks. Triple cast, right? Uh, Layers of flavor. So we've got uh, American oak giving us vanilla flavor. We've got toasted oakiness from the virgin oak casks. And uh, we use sherry Oloroso casks for uh, bright citrusy notes. And then for the smoky tin, you've got to mention that they were the first to reintroduce the peated scotches back into Speyside. So back in the day, everyone used peat, right? Uh, But Speyside peat is a bit more like smoking with applewood, right? It's a bit more of a campfire note. Versus Isla, which is kind of that medicinal and tar flavor. 